Man United three, Brighton and Hove Albion nil. Easy, easy. I'm, I'm not having. Um, I'm not having three though. I'm not having it. I do. I just don't. It doesn't. It doesn't count double for Welbeck. Doesn't. It doesn't count double. Counts for us. No. Doesn't even count for Carrington, us. Carrington. Carrington three, Brighton and Hove Albion nil. Carrington three, rest of the world nil. How's that? Yeah. The, the thing with Welbeck is, um, and I know I tease you about him uh, dreaming to play for Arsenal. He he only envisaged it. Yeah, um, it's not the same. So, Unlike Ravel. It's not quite the same. We'll get on to Ravel later, I think. <laughs> um, and uh, so, you know, okay, I'll give him that. But he scored uh, about one in five. So he got about 40 goals in 200-odd appearances for United. He, uh-huh. he has like a better than one in two scoring record when he <laughs> plays us. Yes, well, he's motivated because Louis van Gaal broke his heart and he's trying to fix it. One enthusiastic goal celebration at the Stretford end at a time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, dear. No. Uh, I mean, that was a slog, wasn't it? Really? Oh, hooray, we're, we're almost certainly going to qualify for next season's Champions League. Yes. Yay. I mean, look, it's a, big, well it's a big win because it's four points ahead of Leicester. And what, is it nine or 11 ahead of Liverpool? Uh, yeah, 11 ahead of Tottenham Hotspur, who are somehow fifth in right. the most confusing league table placement that's ever happened, ever. Jose Mourinho's Tottenham Hotspur are somehow the best, the fifth best team in this division. Yeah, uh, eight games to go. I mean, United would really have to blow it big time to yeah. not make the, the Champions League trophy winners shield. And, uh, you know, so it, it looks like that's going to happen. Uh, hooray, Glazers will get their dividend next year and we won't have to record on a Thursday night, which is delightful. <laughs> the, the two things that well, count. More, more accurately, like we will record on a Thursday night, but at a reasonable time, because that's what we tend to do when the Champions League's on. Yeah, so so there's there's that. That's that's all good. But yeah, it was hard work today. Um, United just moved it so slow and... I mean, sure, there may be some fatigue. Quite a few players were away with the international teams, but not that many. And not all of them played the three games. In fact, I'm not sure any of them did, actually. And quite a few players were were at Carrington training. So I just wondered what it was. You know, it it shouldn't be fatigue, I don't think. They're just not playing well. There was no zip. There was no zip. There's no zip in the players, and there's definitely no zip in the manager's. Uh, proactiveness when it came to changing the game. I didn't really watch the post-match interview, but we, we just were setting up and he started talking and I turned the sound up on my telly and uh, heard Des Kelly ask him, what did you say at halftime? The first words out of Solskjaer's mouth were nothing tactical. And you're like, oh yeah, no, no, really? Oh, what, what a surprising development. I mean, the, I know we scored immediately after this, but the 81st minute... Cavani off, Donny van der Beek on substitution was very like, I don't know, on the nose for Solskjaer's approach to these things. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the big problem in this game was just that United players, I mean, we could talk about tactics to a blue in the face. I mean, Potter's Brighton very well drilled, got back into position excellently time and time again, denied United space on the counter-attack, but also... Um, United's players really struggled to find each other with the ball. I mean, I haven't looked at the data, but sort of experientially, it felt like one of those games where we gave the ball away a lot. 
Yes, F- Fred dispossessed. Fred misplaces pass. You know, that's his second name, isn't it? It, it, it? He was he felt criminal for it, but also Pogba. I mean, Pogba for Brighton's Brighton's opening opening goal gave the ball away. Very casual pass, simple pass. Couldn't make it. Um, I think it was just the speed, though. United very static, uh, as well as not making the passes, not making them quickly enough. So Brighton were able to fall back in stages, basically. Yeah. So and and their plan almost worked. And if it wasn't for an absolutely brilliant finish from Marcus Rashford and you know a wonder ball from Shaw followed by some fortune, I don't think we'd have got away with this. I mean, that wasn't anything to do with. United's strategy or tactics or substitutions, really, was it? It was just the details, which, of course, are important. But but it felt like Brighton won the tactical baton, battle but lost the game. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And I think, you know, partly that speaks to uh, the tactical battle can only go so far if there's a significant difference between quality of players on the two teams. And the thing that United are lacking is is... Uh, you know, the thing that would benefit United tremendously, obviously, is a proper tactician as a manager. Solskjaer has got loads and loads and loads of things right about club culture. And uh, although this got, I got something to say about Solskjaer and cultural issues uh, at some point on the show. Um, but uh, club culture and um, uh, removing Deadwood and blah, 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 blah. And we're going to finish second probably in the league. And we're certainly going to qualify the Champions League at a canter, which has been no means, by no means, any kind of guarantee in the post-Fergie era, obviously. Um, but doesn't Al feel like a coach that uh, was a coach would be beneficial? All that said, this season in particular, um, there's a huge amount of difference between the time that Graham Potter has with his players and the time that Solskjaer has with his For players sure. in the training pitch. A, a golf and that. United are getting, what, a couple of hours a week, you'd imagine, to do anything progressive in tactics that's not just about recovery or fitness. Yes, I don't know what it is, but yeah, for sure. Yes, hardly any time. I mean, they they have a big backroom staff, so they can do the preparation, obviously, but the time with the players is is minimal because recovery is so important in this compressed season and, uh, you know, sticking them for hours and on on end in a video room looking at tactics would be... uh, very Jose-esque in a way of losing the players quite quickly. So, uh, for sure, yeah, it's a it's a difficult one from that point of view. But I, do, I just don't know if Oli has it in the locker because, you know, we, we see United struggling to adapt to other teams. And and look, I, I, God, I, I hate to feel like um, we... Uh, sometimes, this, as you would say, sometimes this podcast feels like hard work because it's hard to think of new things to say about this particular yeah. team. Um, which is very true, and it's probably hard to say new things on this podcast, isn't it? Uh, and we've just won, and it's a massive victory in the context of the season and what United are trying to achieve. And United are second, have a very favourable draw in the Europa League, so got a really good chance of going far in that competition. You know, it's progress. Um, definitely. It's definitely progress. But we were some minor details away from losing this game. And yeah. and and then you know the conversation would be very different, and and that's the frustrating thing, uh, you know. And and look, not a huge amount is going to change this summer without going too far ahead of myself here, because it's just you know United two hundred million pounds in the hole basically because of COVID. So 
It's going to yeah. be the same manager, the same backroom staff, and largely the same players next season. And, and you know, it just feels like, oh, how are we going to progress from here? That's going to be a challenge, you know. And maybe maybe Solskjaer, maybe the club find it hard to look further forward than that right now because because of where we are and what we're trying to achieve right now. It's going to be absolutely non-stop for the players from now until the end of July and then the Premier League season. Until the, <laughs> until the end of 2023, yeah. 22, the 22-23 season. I mean, basically. Oh, no, no. The World Cup's at Christmas, isn't it? Well, World so, Cup's at Christmas, yeah. so they will get a break um, in the summer of 2023. In the summer of 20, yeah, no, 20. 22. 22. No, is no. it Christmas 2022? Yeah, it's November. The World Cup. It's November and December 2022 is the World Cup. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So it's not the, it's not this Christmas, obviously. No, no. no. This Christmas. So, so Christmas. this summer are the Euros so, and Copa America and the Olympics. So, yeah. you know. So somehow every single player in the United, you know, first team, <laughs> reserves, academy, under 12s will be playing in a tournament this summer. Uh-huh. And they'll get no break. They, they will... They will only get their 30 days break if their team goes out early, you know, hi Gareth, um, or uh, or Solskjaer rests them for the beginning of next season. Great. So we'll get a slow start to wow. next season. Anyway, we're getting ahead of our skis there. We, we had a game here. Can we talk about, you know, can we, maybe we should roll ourselves back a little bit and talk about Brighton's opening goal because that was a mess as well, let alone where United are going from three years from now. <laughs> Yeah, um, Pogba gave the ball away real nasty. Um, the cross comes in. Lindelof leapt for it. Wambasaka. I have, you know, I heard people having a real pop at Lindelof. I feel like Lindelof was just maybe half a step forward, and once once the ball's over his head, he's just not in any position to do anything. Yeah, I think his body shape's uh, in the wrong way because his his left shoulder yeah. is dipped, so he's the wrong way addressing the ball. Uh, and yeah, one yeah, could just lets. I mean, Danny Welbeck did him with movement. Uh, it's just, and he didn't look. Hey, come on, <laughs> listen. I know you've had a hard day. I know we just watched that match, but let's not hurt each other's feelings. <laughs> uh, so, um, it's very simple movement, you know, from out to in yeah. from Danny yeah, Welbeck yeah. and uh, Lindelof. Uh, sorry, Wan-Bissaka, I've I've looked at this several times now. Doesn't look once, not once, ever. Mm. And he's just stood there and it's just criminal. It's just criminal. He's got to be expecting some movement and he just wasn't. Um, this can lead us into a conversation because I was just about to say Henderson didn't really do much wrong for that one. I mean, he gets the first one off and he can really do about the second one. It's not like he could have hit it sideways, but we should talk about the fact that Dean Henderson started this game because this is the first game where you would say, okay, this this is him being picked ahead of David De Gea because obviously the two games after De Gea was back were the Europa League and the FA Cup, both of which you would expect Henderson to play in under normal order of business. This one, though, this is absolutely David De Gea being dropped in favour of Dean Henderson yeah. for a Premier League game. For the first time. And it's a, it's a big statement, really. I mean, and Henderson does well generally in this game. He dropped one cross in a field yeah. of players where he clattered into his own man. It's not great. It's it's not great, but he's trying to catch the cross. I mean, David Hare would have flapped limp-wristedly at it. Um, I mean, I didn't see it because obviously not at the game. Um, but the the comms uh, was talking about their warm ups and uh, the the warm ups were 
you know, as you know, as anyone who goes to games will know, they go through this routine. Goalkeepers before the game, uh, they'll have uh, you know long range shooting practice, short range shooting practice, and a lot of crossing typically. And apparently, De Gea was trying to punch them all, and Henderson was catching them all. And it's kind of a statement uh, of approach from the the two players there, isn't it? You know, so I don't blame Henderson for going for a difficult one. It could have been really nasty. Um, and apart from that, I don't think he's made any other mistakes. Couldn't do anything about the goal. Um, and this is Solskjaer saying that he's he's the number one now, I guess, until he makes yeah. a big grip. Yeah, and the, the, the thing about it is um, that cross is, is almost like not, not even the noteworthy one. It could have been really serious, but just a number of times. There's one in particular where he came through. They were very tar- they were targeting him in a very direct way, swarming him essentially, and he got through in a way that you know De Gea wouldn't have got off his line in a million years. Um, so you know there, there's something there's something quite reassuring. I mean, this feels very uh, proper football man to be like. Oh, isn't it nice having a keeper who comes off his line when David De Gea has, you know, redefined the art of the reflex save? You know, there's probably never been a goalkeeper who's better at reflex saves on the line than David De Gea, and he's his strengths more than compensated for his weaknesses for large swathes of his career. But just not sure that's the case anymore. And you know, I'm not saying he's finished, but it's not. You're not crying out for him to play over Henderson, are you? No, that's right. I mean, now Henderson's had what six or seven games in a row. He's he's been fortunate, I suppose, that that De Gea, um, De Gea's wife had a baby, and uh, so he was out of action for a little while, and and it's given Ollie the excuse as well. And now it's Henderson's shirt, and and um, he's going to have to make a mistake for De Gea to get back in, I imagine. Unless unless De Gea plays the Europa League games because they've, you know, swapped roles. It'll be interesting to see if that happens. That would yeah. that would that would be quite pointed, wouldn't it? I I don't know whether yeah. I don't think he'll do that. I think Henderson will play all of them. Just because, you know, I know Henderson has been the Europa League um player, but that would it would be rubbing salt into the David De Gea's wounds, wouldn't it? So mm. um, Unless the idea is to get him some match some you know match time because he hasn't played a match for a good long while the hair so i guess so play yeah. him on th- you play him in against granada to say okay play well here and you can reclaim your number one spot kind of thing yeah i, I believe he went away with the spain squad but didn't play any of the because Sim- okay. simon has been playing at uh, atletico bilbao um goalkeeper um right so yeah i mean henson went away with england and didn't, didn't play any of the games did he uh, I don't think yeah, Nick Pope played them all, um, which which is interesting because Nick Pope's weakness is with his feet because he's dreadful with his feet. You can just see a England quarterfinal. Uh, Pope passes it out to I don't know pick a player um, who scores the winner. Um, so yeah, I mean interesting. So you know uh, Dean Henson lots to work on, but um, you know a positive work in progress. Uh, and, and we'll see. I don't expect United to have budget for a goalkeeper this summer. They'd have to get the hair off the books, which is going to be super difficult. So, well, that's this is not, uh, this is not a conversation we need to have. That's no. not a thing that's going to happen, is it? Um, the rest of the team selection. Uh, I mean, I was quite excited actually. Pogba in midfield, and um, you know, Cavani, uh, Greenwood, Rashford. But the problem is, uh, Rashford looked half cooked for almost all the games. He's not fit. 
clearly got these injury problems and he scored a brilliant goal, as has been the case all season. Just Rashford season, not playing that well, scoring brilliant goals. Um, Cavani looked completely off the pace. Uh, Martial, who played quite well for France, really nice assist, got also injured for the rest of the season. So an absolute nightmare season for Martial. Um, we go again next year, I hope. I don't, I think it, and lots of people, of course, you know, get him out, he's rubbish. That's the noise that, that's every, by the way, I read your tweets and that's what they all sound like in my head. Yeah. When the people say that about Martial, that's the noise it makes. Um, well, that's right. If only you could do that. Yeah. I mean, you can change the font. So it was always amusing to change, yeah, say, uh, Donald Trump's font to, to Comic Sans or something in crayon, um, just because yes. that was the noise uh, in your head. But yes, it'd be, it'd be funny if you could do that. Uh, yes. because it is the attitude. Yeah, I, I always wonder with that that kind of get him out, what do you think is going to happen after that? So United are going to go that's, spunk that's uh, what, 100 million on a, you know, the world's best centre forward, right? That's what they said about Jose, though, so you can't use that argument because they said, oh, you want Jose out, who do you want in? Literally any other human is sometimes, is sometimes the answer. Uh, more on that in the Patreon content. £5 a month. Um, no, £4 a month uh, to access all literally 25 minutes of Jose Mourinho negative content around Jose Mourinho every single week. Um, the uh, the rest of the team selection sort of picked itself, except uh, by I would have liked to see. Um, really poor first half. And then in the second half, you know, it was, I mean, kind of a, um, a fairly lucky bounce of the ball. Uh, the Brighton Off the Brighton player fell at Bruno's feet. Uh, Bruno with a lovely pass through to Rashford, whose movement was really good and just a, an absolutely top draw finish from uh, from the brilliant Marcus Rashford. Yes. God, I'd, I'd love him to have a break this summer, wouldn't you? I mean, he's just... Yeah, I mean, absolutely. We, we want him to get back to being brilliant, but also getting third goals next season or something close to yeah. it. Uh, because yeah. he's certainly capable of it. it. Adds a few more fox in the box goals and get him, gets himself into simpler shooting positions. Um, as we've seen many, many talented attacking wide slash centre forward players do, you know, that's the next step in Rashford's mm-hmm. career. But he's got to get himself fit. Like constant niggly, it's his foot at the moment he's still suffering with. It's the thing that kept him out of the England uh, set up. Uh, He's got that injury against Milan. He's obviously still suffering with it, hobbled off. He was hobbling around the pit. Shoulder, he just needs a break. Uh, but uh, yeah. unfortunately, he's not going to get it. Um, so he's going to break down at some point next season, you imagine. It seems almost, you know, inevitable. Yeah, Solskjaer said about Martial, it's always when they go away with international duty. I'm like, is it? Is it, pal? Is it when they go away international duty or is it when you play them in dead rubbers in the Europa League? Well, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe that's got something to do with it. Yeah. It, it, look, um, it's a worry for the rest of the season because Cavani's going to have to play everything now unless they use Rashford up front and Daniel James on the wing. Greenwood up front. Could be. Greenwood through the middle. Could be if we see a that's bit more. That's what we want. But then we'll see a bit more of Daniel James, like, you know, shinning it into touch. Uh, his first touch, by the way, today. Daniel James's first touch. A simple ball into him. He's on the left. Just simple control goes under his foot, and like it wasn't a first touch though, was it? Because he didn't touch it. <laughs> My God! And, and then his third, fourth, and fifth touches were all fouling Brighton players in really crucial areas late in the game. Uh, you could play Ahmad Diallo. Yes, well, I'd, be, I'd like to see some of him, and I hope we will see him against Granada on Thursday. I mean, um, it it 
just makes sense. Give him, give him, give him a go. He looks extremely bright and and uh, fun, entertaining. And yeah. don't we need a bit of that? You know, well, I don't know if we need any more sort of magic players, the kind of magical tactical thinking that Solskjaer has, which is I don't have a plan. Hopefully, Bruno or Rashford or Martial or someone will come up with it. Anyway, um, yeah. to finish my thought, is is it is a challenge for the rest of the season. Nine league games, whatever we've got left in the Europa, so it could be another five, 14. I don't know whether um, Cavani's body is going to be up to that. We'll see. It hasn't been this season. Uh, and, you know, he's he's going to play more than perhaps we expected him to do. And then to append another thought on top of that, it looks like he's off anyway. So um, mm. all the noises are that he's not going to be renewing for that extra year. It's, you know, it's um, it's not a two, it's not a one way clause that united normally have it's a two-way clause so right so yeah that'll be interesting as well you know hopefully his motivation to win his final trophy in europe is strong oh he seems like the kind of chap who will keep running until bits of him fall off um the the substitution today talking dan james's first touch and diallo i did think bringing on james in a game where the other team are just sitting back really compact and there's no space in behind felt like felt like a waste of a player on the pitch really um you know he could he could have done something but whatever I don't know it feels I don't know I, I always feel stupid making a criticism like that because what do I know but that was just what I thought when he brought him on so that's why I'm saying it here yeah I mean I think we could you know remove most of that analysis and just stick with the feels like a waste of a player on the pitch um mm. with Dan James sadly sadly but um yes absolutely yeah. right ball's not in front of him uh, in space what's the point he he starts operating at basically championship level and then united's two players of the season combined as luke shaw put in an absolutely sick through ball to bruno fernandes who uh, picked out pogba with a really nice pass across the box uh, pogba with a laser guided perfect volleyed cross <laughs> Um, I mean, obviously, uh, a shanked shot. Uh, and uh, Mason Greenwood attacked the space really well. They they showed it on BT Sport after the game, drew a little circle in the space, and he made a nice loopy run into that space. Um, Van der Beek was also trying to get there. Uh, and it was uh, it was great. It was Q much rejoicing. Lovely, lovely to see Mason Greenwood back on the score sheet in the Prem. And, and also genuinely, I know we joked about this at the top of the show, but there is something really nice about like Welbeck, Rashford and Greenwood being the three goal scorers in this game, you know? Uh, the Man United Academy is no joke. No, no, it, it absolutely is no joke and, and has been much strengthened in recent years. Um, and there's, you know, there there are more waiting in the wings to to have their go, aren't there? You know, Shola Shortire, uh, Anthony Alanga, others. Um, Hannibal has been training with the first team squad. He was he was training with the the players that were left at Carrington uh, while everyone else was on international break. So you know, plenty plenty of talent uh, wanting to come in, and that that may be talent that United to dip into given the financial situation. So um, yeah, you had a point. I wonder. I wonder what Hannibal Medry made of uh, Holly Gunnar Solskjaer's international break haircut-based interview nonsense. If you somehow are lucky enough not to be involved in Manchester United social media in any way and missed this, um, our absolute reactionary idiot of a manager, um, as Mulder coach, went to look at a player 
saw him coming out of the tunnel and saw he had a Mohican turn to his uh, fellow, his coach that he went to see the game with and said, oh, not interested, let's go. Now, this has been described to me in various quarters as uh, just part of Solskjaer's misguided attempt at an Alex Ferguson tribute act. But a man who played with David Beckham and manages Paul Pogba um, and also would surely have been misjudged on his own physical appearance all the way through his career, I mean, must know better than to... I mean, what an awful decision to not watch... Just. Just watch him and then maybe if you hate Mohican so much, like say, really interested in you. We've got a, a dress code at the club. You need a haircut. Would you be interested if you have to have your haircut? But no, this absolute OK Boomer Solshire is out here making snap judgments on a person's character based on the hair they have. Roy Keane was his teammate. Roy Keane! What's here you go, son. Here's a contract and a, a pair of clippers. <laughs> um, what, who was the player, disgusting. by the way? No idea. They no. didn't say it was when he was at Mulder, so it could be anyone. Could be anyone. I, I want to know. Um, be interesting to see if they've turned out any good or not. Well, um, Alex Alex Stewart on the TIFO podcast made the really good point that the chances are he got an undue amount of positive attention from stat scouts for having a haircut that made him stick out. So it's probably why Solskjaer went to watch him in the first place because some scout had he'd caught some scout's eye with his Mohican. So you, you live by the Mohican, you die by it. But anyway, it's just it just really wound me up because it's so it's. It is so stupid. In This would have been in, you know, 2010, 2015 um, era. Like, what are you doing thinking that a kid with a Mohican must be a bad kid or not a team player or not good for team cohesion or whatever? Like, it's idiotic. AD Brutori levels as, of uh, dumbness, yeah. Go on. Yeah, he, he said it as if he was being super cool and like, yeah, I'm, I'm hardcore. I'm like Alex Ferguson. Anyway. Uh, yes, Dumbo. more like uh, Chris Wilder slash Sam Allardyce, I think, uh, there. Um, anyway, you know, I got a win. Three three points. Yeah, three good points. on them. Good on them. Woohoo. Up the Reds. Well done, Ollie. Up the Reds. Uh, unlike um, just, you know, well, I mean, maybe we'll take a quick break and if there's anything more you uh, want to talk about and then we can come back and yeah. chat about a few other things. Yeah, let's come back and chat about a few other things after the break. Hello, we're back from the break that was really long and we had a long break and now we're back from it um, You're to talk about a few a few other things. Yeah, uh, Adam McCullough of Stretford Paddock, the artist formerly known as Full-Time Devils, um, doorstepped Ravel Morrison, who was uh, upstairs in the same building giving an interview to Rio Ferdinand and uh, got a... a a much better interview out of him than Rio Ferdinand did. Um, absolutely brilliant 45 minutes, well worth your time. Uh, very sad that, uh, I mean, obviously Ravel's career is beset with sadness, although he seems very philosophical about it. And he said uh, something beautiful during that interview, which was like, you know, people say I didn't do what I should have done in my career, but I'm a lot better off for having had football in my life than I would have been without it. I'm in a much better place than I would have been without it, which was a nice thing to hear. Um, but he's also a massive Arsenal fan. Kept calling Arsenal we and United you. That's outrageous. But anyway, there we go. 
He's, I had to look it up because I, I just couldn't remember where he is. He's at ADO Den Haag in um, the Eredivisie in Holland at the moment. Yeah, I mean, he's been all over the place. He looked like he'd had a um, you know, period of stability playing at Atlas in Mexico for a while. It was just one season. Just yeah, he was one on season. loan from Lazio. Yeah. and he really, want, he really wanted to stay there, apparently. He really wanted to stay, but Lazio wouldn't let him. It's clear that he was... Not he didn't have any love for Lazio based on how he was treated there. Didn't have any love for Sheffield United, where he played one game, or or Middlesbrough, where he played a handful. Um, so it's it's been tough for him, and and his yeah. reputation seems to precede him, at least with certain managers. And yeah, you know, it's interesting hearing him talk about Fergie because there's always been this thing that you know, Fergie was the last to give up on him, but that's not the story he's telling. I'm I'm not sure that was his experience of it. I you know, God love God love Sir Alex Ferguson, you know, uh, you know, you can't say a bad word about the the great man, the uh, indefatigable what's the, what they call the pope? Um uh you know, when he can't do anything wrong. Uh I can't remember what it is. Anyway, that thing is yeah. infallible. In- That's it. Alex Ferguson's infallible. But he is an half good at putting the spin out that suits Alex Ferguson about literally any thing he is so, he yeah. is and and um it also the players of experience experience of ferguson differs and and in this case i wonder if ferguson decided that tough love was the the way forward and tough love or no love and it ended yeah. up being no love so you know um two people always have different views of the same event or experience don't they certainly this is one of this is a film about that pretty good pretty good Kurosawa movie on that very subject. Um, uh, the Rashomon of watching this Brighton game, I guess, uh, is would have been a good game to be at the stadium for because turnarounds doesn't really matter how they come. They're always good games to be there. Uh, there's going to be fans at stadiums. Maybe that will be one of the things that's different about next season. Uh, well, it looks like it. I miss it so bad. And this is, uh, you know, huge news wave, although, you know, with vaccinations rolling out everywhere, then, then you know, it's it's positive outlook for next season, isn't it? It looks like Wembley yeah. might be up to half full for Euros games. And in a couple of rounds, we'll have some fans back at um, limited capacity, I think up to 10,000, something like that. Right, um, great. And so, yeah, we could well have uh, fans back in Old Trafford before the end of the season. Well, we should have fans back in Old Trafford. Although, we, you know, everyone thought that was going to happen before Christmas and it didn't. So, Yeah, very different circumstances. That that, that time before Christmas was, you know, if you, you didn't really make sense to be doing it. It was based on the current R rate and not considering that that might make that go up. And now the R rate is obviously a much less important number because that's the whole point of these vaccinations is not that they are, they're not really designed to lower the R rate, are they? They're designed to lower the pressure on intensive care units, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We don't need to have that conversation here. Um, but I wanted to say about fans in the stadium, uh, the wraparounds were changed uh, with a big focus on the United Against Racism campaign. I mean, I, and what more can we possibly say? Uh, but but it was nice to see that getting kind of centre stage. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a video and a, a you know big big new campaign on across all channels. I, mean, I have to say, my one reaction to the message that was, and it wasn't the entire message, so I'm going to be a bit reductive and simplify things. But my first reaction to watching the video was it was saying 
don't be a racist because, look, United have good black players now and in the past. And I'm like, it's kind of simplifying. I mean, don't be a racist because it's the wrong thing is your first message. You don't need yeah. to have good black players in your team to not be a racist. Anyway, uh, no, just nitpicking, fact, I suppose. It, uh, especially since like the, the nature of the targeted racism at the moment tends to go in line with performances on the pitch. So uh, anyway, the whole thing's a disgusting mess and uh, it was nice to see... You know, as always, like this is, of course, I'm looking at it right now because they're, they're doing the Premier League Tonight programme on the telly. Um, and of course, the sponsors' logos are plastered over every single one of those banners, which are definitely going to get in the shot. But, you know, what are you going to do? No ethical consumption <laughs> under capitalism. Um, um, just a quick word about the women's team. Um, we, yeah, tough times. Yeah, tough times. I mean, we talked uh, about them. We haven't really discuss them in depth since uh, the turn of the year when United went into the 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 new year top of the league and then a couple of you know some injuries uh Kristen Press um was out for a little while Tobin Heath is the big one I think and it's it's really blunted the team's attack and there's been some inconsistent performances played at Old Trafford last weekend beat West Ham big fuss made about it and I mean it's nice it's the wrong timing because there's no fans there. I mean, it could have come two yeah. years ago, frankly, uh, and um, and then lost today against Brighton, in which they were pretty toothless, I have to say. Uh, and only the top three qualified for the Women's Champions League, so um, Arsenal have a game in hand. It's not looking good. Yeah, I mean, you know, they've come a very long way in a very short space of time, and obviously the the signatures of, of of press and Heath would have been definitely ahead of schedule and really heavily coronavirus related. So I wonder if the, this is kind of closer to the season they would have been having under normal circumstances. Yeah, for, for sure. And, and uh, we don't know, but um, I would imagine that, that um, press and Heath are not going to be staying next season, but we'll see on that one. Um, I don't think any announcement has been wide. Announcements haven't been made and, and, um, you know, the women's game the transfer market is very, very different. There really aren't a lot of transfer fees floating around. It's more about the contract, and contracts tend to be a lot shorter as well. So there's a, a good pool of freebies that are you know, typically available, and, and uh, we'll see how good the scouting network is there. I don't know. Um, yeah. Solskjaer running around going, nope, she needs to put her hair in a ponytail or she can't play. <laughs> to hear. Uh, did we talk about Nicky Butt? Since we last, uh, last oh, show. Oh, no, we didn't. No, no, no. We talked about all the other shenanigans and them giving a man who was bad at football negotiations the title of director of football negotiations. But Nicky Butt, apparently no interest in reporting to John Murtaugh, who he is not a fan of. No, yes. I, I mean, um, he, he has not said anything untoward at all, Nicky Butt. Just said, I'm looking for a new challenge sort of thing. Um, yep. But yes, it it, it is... Um, I don't know whether leaked is the right word, but, uh, you know, many people close to Nicky Butt are of the opinion that him and Murtagh do not get on. Yeah. Um, and, it, you know, the timing was kind of interesting. I wonder whether he was asked not to do it at the moment so it could just be a, a feel-good story about Fletcher coming back rather than, you know, oh, and also, by the way, class of 92 stalwart Nicky Butt is off to Newcastle to again. <laughs> 
That's right. Um, it's what happens to Leaky Butt when he leaves, isn't it? Team up with Steve yeah. Bruce in the championship next season. More on yeah. that in the back of his content. Uh, yeah, I wonder. I wonder with Nicky Butt because it was. It was. He was definitely the odd man out in the restructure. It didn't make any sense. This this role, which was about bringing players from the academy uh, and the reserve team into the first team, doesn't make sense when you have a technical director uh, and yeah. a director of football because um, you know between them they both have a role in that. You know, on the, yeah. the negotiation side and and on the player development side. So, um, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, it, it wasn't that surprising, I'd say, in a sense. But perhaps you know, doing it during the season doesn't—it's not a good look. No, it's just that clearly, clearly politics behind the scenes. Um, and yes, uh, Nicky Butt—I mean, you know, proper all-time classic United player. I was going to say United legend, which is a weird way of putting it. I mean, he would obviously be described in internal PR as a United legend, but. And and you know he is he is in a way because all six of them are Phil Neville is a United legend in some ways but you know there's levels to these things and they're they're not going to be on the statues. No. Right, uh, I'm getting more news. Uh, anything else uh, before we talk about Granada and the Europa League? No, I mean I I didn't watch any of the international football. I mean I literally didn't watch a kick of it. I'm sorry about that. I probably should have, but. Um, uh, I pandemic did. football's been getting to me. Yeah, you watched every England game, right? Really sad. I did. I didn't mean to because I wouldn't plan to watch any of them, but somehow I uh, I was able to do it. So, yes, I watched England. It was San Marino up first. I mean, I'm a team of bus drivers, right? Yeah. It's, um, I'm playing. I mean, they're not a team of bus drivers. They're mostly, I think they're all pros, but playing in some very crappy leagues. Uh, so, yeah, easy, easy victory there. Uh, I don't think there was anything notable. Luchor played in that one? No, he played in the Albania game. Um, and uh, England-Albania, pretty decent performance away from home against a, a half-decent side. I think Luchor did play in that one. Marcus Rashford sat them all out. As I said, Harry Maguire scored a goal in England's victory over Poland. Oh, uh, yeah, he scored, um, he scored a, a turning, turn and volley. Nice, nice goal. Yeah. Oh, he played really well today. I meant to say that. Always lining up to have a pop at Aaron Maguire whenever he so much as puts a foot half out of place. And I thought he was really good today. A couple of crucial challenges, no big howlers. Yeah, no big howlers. Um, uh, you know, put put a hand on Danny Welbeck's shoulder who crumpled like he'd been shot. So. That's what Rennie Moulinstein taught him to do. It's not his fault. <laughs> That's right. Um uh, VAR checked it, didn't think there was anything in it. Yeah, no, he did, he did all right for England as well. Um, John Stones made a big error um, for Poland's goal. Uh, but yeah, England's uh, something. Um, it, it's, a, it's an easy enough group. They'll qualify for the World Cup, which will uh, ruin absolutely hundreds of footballers and will be the worst thing that's ever happened to football since the last World Cup. Last World Cup was great. World Cup was good, but you know it was a lovely PR stunt for a repressive regime. Uh, oh yeah, as that's will right. be the next one, and probably the one after yeah. that. Um, I think where, where's the twenty six World Cups going to be in the US? Is it or no? Was, this was the thing because it was going to be uh, another fascist regime in charge because it was Trump that got it. But it's a it's a co production. It's uh, Canada and the US co hosting, I believe. Maybe okay, Mexico too. Yeah, I can't no, remember. I think it's just Canada. Just Canada, Canada and the US. US. Okay, well, yeah. Um, you know, the Canadian Tony Blair's in charge up there. And um, <laughs> and we'll see. I mean, 
Joe Biden will be dead by then, I imagine. He's doing his best before he drops dead to become the next FDR, isn't he, by spending trillions and trillions and trillions mind-boggling sums of money, which is, you know, quite quite impressive. That's what we're like. Um, yeah, so... Granada. Talking of Tony, Tony Blair, the New Deal. Because, um, you know, you associate that with Tony Blair, not FDR right now. That's the, uh, Anyway... Um, that's very, very 1997 banter, that one. Um, <laughs> Granada, Granada, talking of 1997 banter. Granada, oh, we're we, uh, we going to be watching ITV, are we, on Thursday night? Is that is that what channel it's going to be on in the northwest? <laughs> that's right. I thought you, I thought you were going to go on about the car then, but that's more like 1977, isn't it? Yeah, no, like, like I'm just like very specifically targeting all our listeners from outside of the UK or maybe even just outside of the northwest <laughs> of the UK. Um, so, so Granada, yeah. yeah, I mean, made it into the Europa League. Uh, they're ninth in La Liga at the moment. Um, so, you know, doing all right for a, for a small club. Yeah, there's, you know, stadium's got a capacity of 20,000. This is a, a small club that is overachieving at the moment. Um, and you have to say it's a very helpful draw for United. I mean, it should be probably the weakest team left in the tournament. So, oh, I hate this. You hate this. So, I, this is all I've heard. I don't know anything about Granada at all. And this is all I keep hearing is that, oh, no, it's fine. This is a really easy draw. If you want to be utterly terrified about a quarterfinal, have it against a team you know nothing about and Everyone who you believe when they talk about football says, yeah, no, no, we're definitely better than these. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, you know, they've got the um, former Spurs player, Roberto Soldado, in their squad. <laughs> He's going to be about 90. I'm, I'm not, not sure about that one. Uh, I, I, I know more about the town, to be honest, than I do about the team. Um, so He said there's a nice mosque there. Beautiful. Be- Alhambra. It's beautiful. Beautiful right. town, old town, lovely part of the world. Um, sadly, I don't think there'll be any travelling fans from Manchester because of, you know, the plague. But, uh, yes. Uh, but yes, it, it would have been a lovely away day for, for those um, who would have been going, but can't. Um, uh, yeah. One day. Yep. Um, I don't know. He'll, he'll play a really, really strong team for this one, right? It's because... You know, we are in a position now where we're really going to have to blow it to not qualify for the Champions League, just based on, just based on other t- the number of. It's all about permutations at this point, isn't it? It's about the very the real big specifics that are needed um, for for United not to end up in the Champions League, so he can just play a very strong team. I mean, I wonder if he'll play Baye. Um, in my very favourite list of uh, predictive. Um, my, you know, I, I check this every week, right? Five, three, eight now have us at ninety-seven percent to qualify for the Champions League. Um, yes, it, so. it, it's going to have to. It would take United losing a lot of games and a lot of other teams winning games. Uh, but, but th- those games that United are losing, it's kind of a double turnaround if they lose them to potential rivals like Spurs, which comes up on Sunday. Yeah, you know? it's a small but risk, then- but it's partly a risk. That's the thing, because then Spurs also have to beat X and Y, and X and Y have to not beat each other, and da 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 da. You know, it's all that. It's all that malarkey, isn't it? It's just there's not that many points to play for that don't benefit one lot but count against another lot, and you know all of that. 
Yeah, so, so we'll see. I mean, yes. Um, I mean, I tend to agree with you. I think it'll be a reasonably strong side. I think there, w- there will be some changes. Um, yeah. But but look, this is Granada, whose UEFA coefficient ranking is 100 and something, you know. So um, it, it, this is why everyone's saying it's a really weak team. They're yeah. ninth in La Liga. and Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. Um, and we're second in the Premier League. Amazingly, so this is league, true. League, league positions have no bearing on quality of teams, apparently. Um, no, I mean, you know, we've got so many match winners. I think one of the things that I, I have slight reticence about is we don't seem to have turned up on the big occasion, particularly often in the last couple of seasons. But maybe this won't reach uh, big occasion proportions and it will be the semi-final against a team that we're supposed to beat that we lose. That'll be uh, what happens. Yes, well, we play the winners of Ajax and Roma uh, in the next, in the semi-final. So that's already right. been made. So. So um, Granada lost to Villarreal at uh, yesterday, uh, Valencia before that, and uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's Mulder uh, in the uh, the round of sixteen. Although obviously they were two 0 up for the first leg, so um, yeah. Anyway, um, a a solid victory coming up. We're away from home first, and, and then Old Trafford next week after Spurs. Right, but it is happening in Spain. I believe so. Yeah, oh, that's true. I hadn't actually thought about that because a few of those games have happened in weird places, haven't they? Yeah, uh, we'll see. We don't. It doesn't matter, does it? Let's face it. Uh, It'll just whether the players get a chance to see the Alhambra or not. Um, As you can see, I am super enthused by this Europa League preview. I'm trying. I am trying to put my heart into it. You are very it's trying. Just, it's true. I, I'm just looking in my heart and there's there's nothing there, Ed. I, I wish there was something there. I honestly don't care about this game at all. Like, if we lose and get knocked out, oh, no. Well, what a shame. We're not going to win the year. I know Solskjaer needs a trophy, blah, 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 and it'd be great. And But, you know... Uh, uh, a tr- in the season with no fans in the stadium. and ex- I, Listen, I'm being unnecessarily miserable. Up the Reds, up the ruddy good guys. Let's beat Granada. Let's show those ninth place in La Liga, no good, low down, hundredth place in the coefficient slugs. They're not on our level. Exactly. Bruno with a hat trick. Um, All of that. And yeah. United whipping out their big todger and slapping it around their faces. Uh, wow. wow. You just... I. Oh, I was just trying to get this show back on the rails from my <laughs> negativity. And now, I don't know, somehow you've I don't think that was negative. Anyway, I no, mean, no, no, no. Th- this is exactly grim. what Paul would like to do to Sunday manager, <laughs> Sunday league manager, Sunday league level manager, Jose Mourinho, who's, you know, mighty Spurs will be taking on United on Sunday. So given that we won't be recording a, a show after Granada, how do you feel about this game, Paul? I... All I want is for us to win this game between now and the end of the season. Because if we win this game, by the way, that's then that moves us up at least. We're at ninety nine percent your your Champions League qualification. So something does matter. But all I want is for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer to be patting Jose Mourinho on the head on the touchline at the end of that. If we could overturn the six one aggregate deficit from the first leg this season, that would be ideal. But um, I will take. A spawny one nil. In fact, I would almost prefer a spawny one nil 90th minute Bruno Fernandez penalty. Um just for the meltdown that would happen. Jose the, who um chucked his players under the bus after the draw with uh, Newcastle. 
Uh, more in the backers content. Yeah, I'm, I'm gearing up to start, but if I speak, I'm in big trouble because I, no I speak. Uh, no deny speak. the backers. I, I, if I speak, I'm in big trouble. So I'm going to wait and speak behind a paywall about this subject. No, but seriously, um, Tottenham are nowhere near as bad as their worst performances. They will, without question, be hugely up for this. Mourinho will be desperate. If he hasn't lost the dressing room, um, I, they'll be fighting for him specifically in this one. Um, this is a massive, massive, massive game for them because, you know, Champions League qualification is a genuine possibility somehow for them, even though there's absolutely no way it should be. Um, it is. And uh, yeah, so I, I'm definitely nervous about this game because United haven't looked good since when? I don't even remember the last time United looked good. We lost, I mean, we won today. We lost just before the international break, didn't we? We lost the Europa League game. Uh, no, sorry. We won the Europa League game, but we lost the FA Cup game. Um, it's been it's been a rough couple of months. So a, a yeah. really good performance that, you know, they come out of the blue. They, the last one was against City, right? When we really needed it on a big stage. Yeah. So well, maybe we'll se- have a bit of that second half against energy. Milan was good as, as well. But uh, you, yeah, there's right, been a yeah. lot of dross. There has been a lot of dross yeah. and... The results have you know, just been just about uh, been coming. I mean, Newcastle nearly got four on XG today against Spurs. Um, I mean, Spurs Spurs are surviving on their individuals rather than rather than the the team. I mean, the, the, <laughs> just... wouldn't know anything about that. <laughs> yeah. oh, I'd, I'd hate to support a team that was surviving on individual brilliance rather than collective endeavour. <laughs> Harry Kane is having a phenomenal season. I mean. Um, uh, more more than one of the stat nerdy type uh, was beginning to write him off because of his uh, sort of increasingly decreasing production, decreasing production, um, but uh, scoring goals and leading Premier League assists this season. So um, he has salvaged a season for Spurs, undoubtedly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so... Uh, will there be enough of that? I mean, what what we really hope is that United put them under phenomenal pressure. That's you know that's that's what I really hope anyway. That we that we're just relentless and and attack and you know that's that's the way to win this game. Try and be on the front foot for most of it. But this is two teams that all of course want to be on the back foot. I wonder if we will see a McFred double pivot. Um, if Rashford's half fit, he'll play. But if he's only a quarter fit, we might see Pogba on the left um, and the McFred double pivot. I don't think that's impossible. Um, I mean, the, Cavani looked so half-baked today. I'd like to see Greenwood. Uh, you could even play Pogba on the right, Rashford on the left, uh, Greenwood through the middle. I'd, I doubt that'll happen. I wonder if it'll just be literally the starting eleven from today, actually. Yeah, my, well, yes, more likely than not. Interesting. I mean, because Spurs definitely will play the double pivot. Uh, Heuberg and, and Lobelli are, are, are just going to sit in there. Um, they have a lot of injury problems in the in the back four at the moment, Spurs. So, you know, uh, I suppose unsurprising they shipped so many goals today when, well, a couple of goals today when they'd made a lot of changes. Um, straight up 4-4-2 as well, which is a bit weird from Jose. He's played every formation you can think of this season. Um, just trying to get something out of this team. Um, and so we'll see. I, I I don't know what the Jose team will be. I mean, I imagine since Son only played half a game that they're, they're trying to get him back fit. Um, Spurs have a Europa League game 
as well. They do, don't they? They're still in the Europa League, so um, at least that. No, 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 they are not. No, they're out. Oh, God, uh, do we... you not listen to our backers' content? I Ed? <laughs> completely forgot. Yeah, completely forgot. They are out. Well, that that's advantage for them because they're going to have a week off now. Um, yeah. And yeah, a week off to get Son fully fit. Uh, he will definitely play, and and we'll see who else plays around that. Yeah, absolutely. All right, predictions for these two games then, Ed. We're going to beat Granada 2-0 and uh, 1-0 against Spurs. Okay. Okay, I'm going to go with... uh, Well, based on everything everyone's been saying to me, I'm going to go 4-0 against Granada. um, And then Spurs, I'm going to go a 3-1 Man United win. Woohoo! Up the Reds, down the Spurs. Because I do think there's a chance we'll get we'll get the performance that we get in the odd big game. You know, it's, it's, it's a, it could also, you know, it's a complete roll of the dice, isn't it? You have no idea which way it's going to go, but both of these outcomes are possible. And I'm going to uh, opt to believe that the good one will happen for fun. There you go. Great. We'll see everyone next week then. Yes. Sorry about this podcast. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I, I am, I'm trying. I'm trying. Um, it's hard. This is this stage of the season. Like what? What is? But we know everything we're ever going to know about this particular iteration of uh, Man United, and uh, we'll just continue to drag our heels, kicking and screaming through the rest of this bleak, miserable, interminable season where United will somehow finish second and win a trophy. So I don't know what we're complaining about. Imagine how bad this would be if we were actually terrible. Um, Thanks for listening. Patreon backers, stay tuned for the one fun bit of the show. Everyone else will see you next week. All right. Bye now. (laughs) 